The Sons of Liberty is a politically neutral organization. We believe that the Judeo-Christian ethic has provided the principles upon which this nation was founded. It is our belief that these principles provide not only the foundation and framework for American government and society, but are also essential to the maintenance of a fair and just society. All program content is based on a Christian biblical worldview. One of you said to me recently that we shouldn't rock the boat. Well, ladies and gentlemen, I want to tell you that I am a boat rocker. I will not wear the mask. 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 I will not wear a mask. I will not get the vaccine. I will not get the vaccine. And I will not get the vaccine. I will resist evil. I will resist evil. I will resist evil. I will submit to God. I will submit to God. I will submit to God. In the Lord, I will praise his word. In God, I have put my trust, and I will not be afraid. Hear my prayer, O Lord, and let my cry come to you. Do not hide your face from me in the day. For the Lord is the great God, and the great King above Rise all. Rise up, O judge of the earth. Render punishment to the proud. Lord, how long will the wicked, how long will the wicked chime? Righteousness and justice are the foundation of this I hate world. the work of those who fall away. With my mouth I will make known your faithfulness to all generations. For I have said, mercy shall be built up forever. Your faithfulness you shall stand. On an instrument of ten strings, on the lute and on the harp, with harmonious sound. For you, O Lord, have made me glad through your works. I will you, triumph Lord, in the works of your faith. are on high forevermore. For behold, your enemies shall perish. All the workers of iniquity shall be scattered. I will defy tyrants. 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 And with that, good morning, America. Welcome, Christians, conservatives, constitutionalists, liberals, libertarians, communists, Islamists, LGBTQ, RSTV, WXYZ people, all the boat rockers who are in the house, and anybody else I may have missed, to the Sons of Liberty radio show here on Red State Talk Radio. We use the Bible and the Constitution not to see who's on the right or the left, but who is on the straight and narrow. I'm your host, Tim Brown, coming to you live from the U.S.-occupied state of South Carolina, the editor at SonsOfLibertyMedia.com, and for our Muslim friends, I'm the infidel that Allah warns you about. I hold to the book, the Bible, as the authoritative word of God. Glad that you guys have joined us here on Friday morning. It's the weekend for some people. Um, my weekend continues, well, my weekend doesn't come here till Sunday, but uh, some of you guys are looking forward to that, uh, being able to do some things that you haven't been able to do uh, during the week, <clears throat> and so congratulations, <laughs> you made it to Friday. Uh, with that said, if you would like to check us out online, please do so, sonsoflibertyradio.com and also sonsoflibertymedia.com. In fact, if you are listening by way of Red State Talk Radio, and you would like to watch the video portion of the radio show. That's right. You can see the faces made for radio. Go to sonsoflibertymedia.com and then scroll down. And on the right side of the page, we are live. Second video down. And just click onto that. You can enlarge it. And you can also click on the platform itself. 
and join us in the chat. Now we're broadcasting not on the not only on the radio but also across several video platforms. And uh, for whatever reason, Facebook is a weird animal. Uh, they will block you from posting, liking, commenting, and all that, but they'll let you message. They want to keep up with what you're saying in private messages. And for some reason, they will let us broadcast. So we're using that embed code uh, on this, and then we change it over to Rumble once the Rumble video is done. So just so you know what's going on there, that's the only reason we're using it. And Rumble's getting pretty good and pretty fast with their encoding method. So literally just a few minutes after the show is done, it's ready. But we don't want to leave that uh, space open where it's not rendered and people aren't going to get the complete video if they play it back. So we we put it out here using Facebook to do it, and then we put uh, Rumble up for the remainder of the day. So shortly after the show's over, it changes over to Rumble, okay? Um, right above that is normally Bradley's show. I filled in for him yesterday. I told him, I said, now it's odd for me. Uh, because when I do radio for him, all my settings have to change and this, that, and the other. And then he has commercial breaks. We don't have those. And so I took over the show yesterday. We talked a little bit about uh, uh, what was going on down in Florida as far as the uh, the building collapse. And then focused in on the death of John McAfee and, uh, and, and you know, why why would the government go after him? And folks... I'm not I'm not holding him up as some kind of pinnacle of morality or truth. Obviously, you can tell from images he's been in and some things he said he's not that. But I do think the government went after him for several reasons and some of those I laid out in that show. So if you want to watch that show, that's available right above the live stream on sonslibertymedia.com. Also right above that is where you can enter for our email newsletter. We don't rent your email, sell it or spam you. You get one email a day, including the morning show or the morning show archive, or as yesterday, I made this an, uh, an archive as well uh, that you can see on sonsoflibertymedia.com. It had all of the links. That's what I'm showing the video audience right now. had all the links to everything I was talking about, the videos and the, um, the articles I referenced. And then finally, if you agree with our message and you would like to help us, we never ask you for money. We just tell you we have needs. If you are able and you're desirous to do that, God says he loves a cheerful giver, so we don't want people giving begrudgingly. But if you agree with the message and you'd like to help us, there's a donate button, okay? And uh, you can click on that, topofsonslibertymedia.com, or you can partner with us monthly as a son or daughter of liberty. Uh, that is also at the top of sonslibertymedia.com. And then also we have a store button, Again, you guys have asked for it, so we brought it to you. The Rebellion to Tyrants is Obedience to God shirt. Just going to bring that up really quick. Um, and so this is stuff you guys asked for. So this is what we did. We brought it to you, and uh, it's really nice. Again, the front is the proposed seal by Benjamin Franklin for the United States. And it eventually it didn't go through for that. And so Thomas Jefferson used it for his personal seal. And on the sleeve is Exodus 9.1, and then on the back it says, When the Lord sent Moses to face Pharaoh, saying, Let my people go, it was not a request, it was a command. And by the way, some of you had some problems ordering. Um, I checked on it last night, I didn't see a problem, and then I went back and checked, and there was an issue with the weights and stuff like that, which is, you got to have that in so you can do the shipping. Of course, some people were doing the shipping, and they were ordering other things, so I think that's why some of those went through. So if you were trying that... Go back to the store, try it. It should work just fine now. Don't forget, through tomorrow night, Saturday night, 12 o'clock, 
if you enter the promo code when you check out and get this shirt, just this shirt alone, you get 10% off this shirt. Right, it's two bucks, but it's two bucks. I mean, I come from a very frugal family, so uh, two bucks off the shirt when you enter the promo code Obey. Okay, not Obey the Tyrants, Obey God. All right, so be sure to check that out. That's our store at SonsOfLibertyMedia.com. Now, with that said, I've got an uh, interesting story. I think you're going to find out that uh, nobody, virtually nobody, now is covering any of this in the media, and uh, part of the problem is is that nobody really wants to bring justice here. Uh, this is all throughout our country. We, we find the injustice, and even when they call it justice, even when a sentence is passed, often when you examine the sentence of people going to jail, it's a tremendous injustice, not only for the person going to jail, but for all of the people who have to pay to keep that person up. So <clears throat> with that said... Uh, I don't know, it's been two years ago, I think. The time flies when you're having fun, right? Two years ago, I was covering a lot of unethical and unjust things that were happening down in southwest Florida, from the judicial system to other things. And uh, in so doing, I met a lot of friends. One, You guys know that uh, I showed you the picture that I had lunch with uh, Chris Crowley um, from down there the other day, and uh, Chris and I were talking, and Chris had given me the name of a gentleman by the, by the name of Sandy Modell, and Sandy had a son named Ryan, and Ryan one day had went to the wrong apartment or something had happened. I'm going to let him tell the story of how that actually transpired. Went there, was upset, and the gentleman inside ended up shutting the door on him, and Ryan walked away. Well, the gentleman who was in the in the apartment with uh, I don't know if his I think it was his wife or his girlfriend. He went back in, got his gun, left the premises of where he was, followed Ryan, and it ended up that Ryan was shot and he was killed. And I can't imagine. I I just can't even imagine losing your child. And I can't imagine losing your child. Period. Uh, but doing so in such a fashion, and then not to get justice for it. That's the real problem that we talk about on the show all the time. Justice guards our liberty. The Bible tells us that God's throne is surrounded by just uh, justice, that he is a just and a holy God. He cannot bear to look on sin, which the Bible tells us is transgression of the law. And so uh, I, you know, I talked with Sandy maybe a year ago or so, and we were talking about bringing him on to tell his story. And uh, something fell through in that. And then recently, when I met with Chris, he said, hey, you know, I talked with Sandy. He'd like to talk with you. Come on the, on the show and tell his story. So what we've decided to do is bring Sandy on the show. And uh, so he got up really early this morning to join us. And uh, Sandy, I want to welcome you to the Sons of Liberty, man. Good morning, Tim. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, and I know that... I, I want to be careful about what I say because I don't want to say something that, I mean, all of this, I'm sure, that we talked the other night, all of this, you know, wells up in you. It's an emotional thing. But what you're looking at is you're looking for some kind of closure. You're not going to bring your son back. That's true. But then that's not what justice is about. Justice is about meeting out a punishment to those who violate the law. Now, in the case of your son, 
it was, you know, there were people who were saying, oh, well, this was a stand your ground thing. Well, a stand your ground would have occurred if your son had become somewhat violent at the door, tried to break in, you know, cause harm to people, and the guy pulled out a gun and shot him. That would have been maybe a stand your ground. This is more like a hunt down. Uh, the guy seems like he was ticked off that your son showed up. He was ticked off, and he went and followed your son with, from all intents and purposes, even uh, some of the reports that came out seemed to be that he had the intention of going and killing your son. I want to give you a chance to tell people who you are, who your son was, and, and your story here. So I'm going to turn it over to you for a little bit. Well, thank you, Tim. Uh, actually, you've told the story very well, just as an overview. It's a senseless um Pointless crime. The police have referred to it as murder. That's their conclusion after two investigations. Um, and they also referred to the uh, to the killer as hunting. They said he had a hunting weapon. He had a 10 millimeter gun with a uh, uh, modified with a uh, flashlight and a laser. And he had extended clips and he routinely walked around the neighborhood with five or six clips in his pocket. So I don't know in the middle of the afternoon in a residential neighborhood what event you're expecting that might require 50 or 60 bullets. But that night, um, there was an altercation. My son lived in the complex, went to the wrong door. Now, let's, let's be honest. It was 2 in the morning. My son had been celebrating too much. So he went to the wrong door. The buildings are a little bit monolithic. They all look the same. He was at the right door on the wrong building. And woke people up. That's unfortunate. The... Uh, the killer inside, he and his wife were awakened at, uh, I don't know, one, two in the morning, and there was an altercation at the door. And you're absolutely correct. At that point, if the killer had used uh, deadly force, it would have been a stand your ground case. But what happened instead was he shut the door on my son appropriately, and then my son left. And it should have ended there. They notified the police. Police said, we're en route. Stay in the unit. And it should have ended there. Instead, under oath, later on in depositions, the killer and his wife both, uh, both stated that he was in the house for at least two to four minutes before he decided to get his gun and go back outside. And I'm not an attorney, but what I've understood, uh, come to understand, is that stand your ground has to be one event. You can't re-engage. You can't go home, get your gun, and then come back. So that's number one. Number two, when he went outside, my son was gone. So what he did was he went looking for him, and that's pursuit. Stand your ground is something you can do right here. You can stand your ground where you are. You can't go stand your ground over there. It doesn't make sense. He went and pursued my son. He went looking for him. He went hunting. So uh, pursuit is another factor that, has, that cannot be uh, protected by stand your ground. Third, when he found my son, he was seated on the ground on a neighbor's property, uh, washing his foot off from an injury at the door. He was seated on the ground facing the other way. So he wasn't a threat. What he did was he yelled at him. And when my son turned, the deposition testimony said, I hit him in the face with my flashlight. He had already told the police my son was drunk. He knew he had a disoriented individual um, and sitting on the ground facing the other direction, not a threat. Yelled at him, pointed the gun, uh, pointed the flashlight in his face when my son turned. When my son stood up and came towards him, he decided he needed to use deadly force. That's provocation, also eliminated uh, for, from standing ground protection. So any of the three, re-engagement, pursuit, 
or provocation. Any of those three eliminate stand your ground as a viable defense. Collectively, they blow it away. There's no sense to it whatsoever. Um, unfortunately, this event occurred during a political election, and that came into play in terms of how the chief deputy, who was running for the state attorney office, treated the case. Yeah, let's talk about that just a little bit as we get into everything, because there have been, a, from what I understand, there's been at least two investigations into what happened with your son. Uh, you sent me um, something from spring of this year, and I want to show people. Can you can you elaborate a little bit on this? This is a um, this is a document that is the video recorded statement of Lieutenant David Lebed. Now he's with Lee County Sheriff's Office. And Lieutenant Lebed believes this is a murder, not a stand your ground. And by the way, I just want to make clear for people, I'm for stand your ground. I don't, if somebody's going to attack you, if they're going to come after you, you know, yeah, I don't, I got to tell you, as much as I love guns and I love shooting guns and stuff, there is no desire in me to shoot a person. There is just no desire to do that. Okay. But I will, if I have to. And this is a situation, stand your ground, is supposed to be when, you know, you're in a position and you can't run from the person. They're bigger than you are, there's a gang of them, or you're a smaller person or you can't get away or whatever. You have the right to defend yourself against those people. And uh, as, you've, as you've stated, Sandy, this is not an issue of stand your ground. So I want to be clear that I am in support of stand your ground. I'm in support of castle doctrine and all of that, all of those kinds of things. Um, because it, it keeps the rights to the individual to defend themselves. But as you've stated, this is not a stand your ground. This is not a castle doctrine thing. This is a this is a premeditated murder, is what it is. Let's just call it for what it is. When you go, that there's no threat, and you go get your gun, and you're going to go hunt down the person who verbally abused you, uh, and put a bullet in them. That is not stand your ground. That is premeditated murder. Now. In this in this uh, in this statement here, it seems that Lieutenant Lebed agrees with you and wants to pursue it as a murder case. But there's a state attorney involved. And by the way, let me just throw this in here so people see it. We have covered Amira Fox, who is the state attorney down there. And by the way, I know she's probably going to watch this. Maybe your husband, Mike. And that thrills me uh, that they want to see it because I am after anybody in government who is acting criminally and is and is, a, and is a person of corruption, okay? Let it be made known, if I've got the documents, if I've got the information, I'm going to put it out there, and I'm going to come after you with that. I am. I've done it. I've showed that I'll do that. But I want the information and the documentation. And one of the things that we did, I don't know, it's, like I say, it's been a year or two ago, was with Amira. And we showed that she is just like her predecessor, I believe his name was Stephen Russell, they wouldn't prosecute things unless it was a slam dunk. And the reason they wanted to do that was to up their, pro- their you know, numbers of people they had prosecuted successfully. Now, what takes place from this, Sandy, from your perspective and the things that you've shown, and I'll walk, I'll walk through it with you as you explain it, but uh, what happened with you and Amira? Because you're approaching her for prosecution for this man who has killed your son, it isn't a stand your ground, and something interesting happens, and I think I found some Florida law that may apply to this, so t- 
Tell us what happened when you approached the state attorney to see about prosecution and get justice for your son. Okay. Um, you raised a good point. Um, I'm Lieutenant Levitt does not agree with me. Okay. I agree with him. Okay. Okay. He's, he's the professional. I <laughs> said, I, you know, we felt there might've been a crime here. We didn't know the details. The police knew the details. They did the investigation and it's their conclusion that this is murder. Reading the facts afterwards. I agree with them. Uh, with regards to stand your ground, I agree with you. I don't have an issue with stand your ground. Uh, I don't have an issue with the second amendment. Neither of those two things apply here. This is just not a stand your ground case. All the experts from former prosecutors to attorney Mark O'Mara, who represented uh, Zimmerman, the Trayvon Martin trial, to Benjamin Crump, who is avidly anti-stand your ground. All of them agree. This is not a stand your ground case. In fact, it's, it's very rare for Mark O'Mara and Ben Crump to agree on something, but they agree on this. So um, initially I was told by the state attorney's office to stay quiet, allow them to investigate. And I trusted them. What they were actually doing was stalling. They sat on the case for close to a year. And um, uh, when I pressed them, they just came out with a statement that said, we don't see a crime. They have stated uh, from the beginning, we don't see a crime. They have never been able to, they call it stand your ground, but they've never been able to defend it. And there's a journalist for the um, Associated Press, Terry Spencer out of Miami, who said to me, he's never seen a state attorney's office. He called them and asked them to explain stand your ground and how it applies in this case. And they refused to do so. And he said, I've never seen a state attorney in Florida refuse uh, either because they were unable or one unwilling to explain their decision to either charge or not charge in a case. It's very, very unusual. So the election you're referring, the election I mentioned rather, was in 2018. Um, this crime, and it's a senseless crime. It's a crime by a hateful, angry man. Uh, he's had a troubled marriage and that impacts on, the, on part of the story. Um, that occurred in early 2016. We waited until 17, realized we were not going to get anywhere. We were being stalled. And at that point, I supported Chris Crowley's campaign. And I did so just in general. Um, and I also put up billboards in Fort Myers um, attacking Amira Fox. Now, Sandy, let's let's just include this right here right quick, just so people understand, because some people are not familiar with the Florida politics. Chris Crowley, who is a U.S. veteran, um, and he's a former uh, candidate up here in South Carolina. I, I didn't realize it. And when I first met him, I said, I know your name from somewhere. And uh, we kind of had a, a laugh about that, that I probably voted for him in an election up here in South Carolina was he, when he was here. But he was running for state attorney against Amira Fox, right. who has who has her family has ties to PLO terrorism. And I think there's a book that's written either by her father or her uncle. I forget because it's father. been so long. Her father that uh, recounts that, that they were tied to that. And he even dedicated the book to it. I think he gave some proceeds to her um, campaign for that, just so people know who these two people are and what office they were running for. And then Amira's boss, who was Stephen Russell at the time, wanted to prosecute Chris for calling her out on that. And uh, and some other things. I think there was a raffle, and he got some money from it. And then when he found out, it was it was just a short time, like hours, I think, literally. He found out. Oh wait, I shouldn't take that. He gave the money back. Said, you know, I can't have that because of such and such laws. And they still wanted to prosecute him. They're still going after him to try to disbar him. Just so people know what's going on. I'm, I'm sorry to interrupt. 
No, that's that's a valid point. Um, you know, she's uh, very vengeful and has uh, has refused to indict. She, obviously, she knows it's a murder case. Refused to indict because of the fact that I supported her opponent. It's just that simple. Yeah. Now, here's the thing. And this is where, I guess, the, the bombshell drops, if you will, is that you're seeking justice. Her job as state attorney general, or state attorney general, state attorney is to bring prosecution against those who are supposed to be guilty of a crime. And she's unwilling to do that, and we've seen that in numerous cases from her office as well as her predecessor, Stephen Russell, and uh, it, it, his was so bad that even the news media down there, which I got to tell you, um, except for the, the local Fox affiliate down there, I just found all of them to be, and, and Fox is probably Mockingbird Media too, but at least Jane Monreal, I can speak up for her, uh, that she went out and did the work and, and, and produced you know actual reporting. When it comes to dealing with this, she wanted to trade. She wanted like a quid pro quo. She wanted you not to support Chris Corrali in order to get a prosecution. Am I right about that? Well, what took place is the first investigation um, was just a little bit fuzzy on the timeline, and and that's critical to whether or not there's reengagement. Um, we had a statute of limitations on when to file a civil suit. So while this was going on, the clock was ticking, and we had to file. Otherwise, we would have lost that opportunity. We filed not so much for money, but for the opportunity to depose uh, both the killer and his wife. And we did so. And the depositions under oath is where the second timeline or the actual timeline came up, the two to four minutes. So with that, we went back in the spring of um, 2020. We went back to the sheriff's department. And they've been very, very strong on this. They've been, uh, they've done the diligence, they've done the work, they've been very diligent. And they did a review with the new timeline. And they concluded without question that this is a murder case. Uh, the supervisor on both the first and second election is Lieutenant David Levitt. And he's been sensational from the start in seeing this clearly as not stand your ground in any way, shape or form, but murder. Um, I have asked or uh, written requesting uh, from Amira that she explain how this is stand your ground. She's refused to do so. So um, with the new timeline, uh, they came out with um, a request for an indictment for murder. And during that period of time, she used a go-between to convey some demands for me. What she wanted, she did not like running against Chris Crowley in 2018. And she feared he would run again, and he may very well, and I may support him. She agreed, she feared he would do that in 2022. She was also upset with things that had happened in the 2018 election. So during the period when she should have been reviewing the merits of the case and seeing that this is clearly a murder, what she was doing instead was going to the victim's father and demanding an explanation about some pamphlets, pamphlets that were written in the 2018 election. Uh, she accused me of doing them. I've never seen them. I don't know what they were. I did have a pack. I did accept money from uh, Chris Crowley's family and friends. And that money, um, I was custodian for. So if I got a printing bill, 
I used that money from my pack to pay the bill, not knowing whether it was for, uh, you know, bumper stickers, T-shirts, or it, it may be the case, pamphlets. To this day, I still don't recall. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. I, I did say, pay some printing bills, but um, I didn't have anything to do with pamphlets. Not the issue. I could have written the worst pamphlets in the world, and that doesn't change the fact that it's her job to prosecute murder. That's right. That's exactly right. But, but um, looking for a, a resolution, um, her go-between made requests of me and provided them to her. They want to know about the pamphlets. Uh, I had nothing to do with it. They want to know about, um, they wanted me to disavow Chris. They wanted me to send him a letter saying, I will no longer be able to support your campaigns. Please uh, keep me off your uh, support list. And they, they requested several iterations of the letter. So in emails, I would send them a, a draft, and that would be forwarded, presumably, to Amira. This went on for several weeks, and the documents I sent you were the last uh, email because it was finally approved, and I sent it to the third party. And he must have spoken with Amira on the phone that day because he gave her a response to, he said, it was good talking with you today. Um, here's the answer on the uh, pamphlets. Um, here's the letter that says uh, uh, Sandy Modell is disavowing Chris Crowley. And, um, uh, you know, sent those to her. And she sent him back on her letterhead, state, state attorney letterhead, acknowledging the conversation and uh, thanking him for his efforts. Now, from my perspective, and I've talked to criminal attorneys about this, it felt like extortion. It felt like I had to do things for her in order for her to do her job. The fact that she later um, avoided it and didn't hold up her end of the bargain is even a little bit worse. But nonetheless, the requests and demands felt like extortion. Uh, I've talked to several criminal attorneys they're not sure if it's extortion or if it's just influence peddling. Additionally, <clears throat> they believe there may be an issue with either state, a violation of either state or federal election law. And that's what you're seeing there in the paperwork. Okay. All right. So let me take and uh, walk people through a couple of things. You know, I was looking in um, some of these statutes. They've got a White Collar Crime Victim Protection Act. Um <clears throat> And I'm going to have these links up. People can look at them themselves. Uh, but they've got this. This looks like there may be some things in here that probably tie to what you're saying. It doesn't just feel like extortion. It is extortion, Sandy. I mean, if well, the not woman... Attorney. That's why I said that. Yeah, yeah I get it. I get it. But it, it, the reason I say that is because she's supposed to be doing this job. What business does she have knowing what kind of documents you're printing out of a pack? That has nothing to do with the case. And it tell it, it's exactly what it is. This is another one. This is bribery or misuse of public office. I think this one is clearly, and this, even by the terms that are defined here. For instance, benefit means gain or advantage, or anything regarded by the person to be benefited as a gain or advantage, including the doing of an act beneficial to any person in whose welfare he or she is interested, including any commission, gift, gratuity, property, commercial interest, or any other thing of economic value not authorized by law. And I would even go for political office. That has some kind of a value to the person who's pursuing it. And then there's some other things that go on uh, that deal with that. And then there's the just the general ethics here. Um, and bribery falls under that. Second degree felonies. 
This is a state attorney in the state of Florida who is engaging in this. And we know from history of what she's, you know, what the office there that she occupies has done with Chris Crowley, what they continue to do. And Sandy, I'll just tell you from my personal experience, Chris asked me to sit in on the Zoom meeting that they were having that Amira and her office was bringing against him. And I was sitting there waiting for the testimonies to be done. And right before Amira comes on, the judge cuts me out of the thing, won't let me back in, wouldn't let me in the second day. Because they know I'll come out and I'll say what their media down there won't say. And um, and I had no response from the judge for her behavior and cutting me out. I had done nothing wrong. I was not dismissive or anything. And that's when they were going out for Chris. So let me make this clear for people. And then let's look at this email real quickly that you talked about. Amira wanted you through a second party or third party, excuse me, She wanted that third party to get with you and hammer out the issue that you won't support Chris Crowley, who would be her opponent. You won't financially give to his campaign. You won't have anything to do with his campaign, whatever the case may be. And she wants you to disavow that. And if you'll do that, she'll do what she's supposed to do as state attorney, and she'll seek prosecution for the man who killed your son. Have I got that clear? That seems as clear as it can get. My understanding from the third party was that, yes, if I uh, gave an explanation about the pamphlets, which were really bothering her. And by the way, I, I, I would have claimed them if I'd done them. I did the billboards. I've never denied responsibility for that. Um, she wanted me to explain the pamphlets, disavow Crowley, so that not only uh, would she have answers about the 2018 election, but she wanted to make sure she didn't have him as an opponent in 2022. In exchange for that, my understanding was that she was going to finally find a, a file uh, based on the police um, murder finding or murder belief, she was going to file an indictment against uh, against the killer and file charges. That was my understanding. She got what she wanted. Nothing else happened. Okay. All right. So let's go through this this real quickly because when I talked with Chris, Chris said, look, I'm not upset that Sandy did what he did. He, he wants justice for his son, and I understand that. So he wasn't mad. He wasn't angry about anything. He totally understood now, down at the bottom here is your email, which basically says, you know, I'm not going to be supporting you and doing these kinds of things uh, going forward. And so then you send that uh, to I, to Chris, okay, and then you forward it to this third party. And here's what he has to say. Thank you so much for the—he uh, sends it on to Amira. Dear Amira, thank you so much for the time afforded me today. Please find the attacks as we discussed— so he's, he's, he's acknowledging that they had a conversation, and he says the leaflet matter was also discussed with Mr. Modell, and his answer was that they were paid for by the PAC funded, authorized by a, rel- by a relative of the man in question and not by him. Looking forward to seeing you again later this year at a happy social occasion, and uh, then he sends it on to her. Now, she acknowledges it and acknowledges that they did have a conversation. That they did, they did have a, they, they did have that. He's, she says, it was a pleasure talking to you today. I hope we have the opportunity to see each other. Carmine, who's the sheriff down there in Lee County, is assigned to make sure this happens, and then she signs it and puts the official seal, of the state attorney, on that. I mean, you can't get more clear cut than what's going on there, Sandy. Correct. I mean, she is. She has just outed herself that she's had discussions to trade your shunning of Chris Crowley 
to get prosecution in a case she should have prosecuted as soon as she got in office. And yet justice continues to elude you and your family because of corrupt politicians like this. Ironically, Chris has always been, uh, Chris was in the prosecutor's office for years. And as you mentioned, uh, he's a veteran. He's a lieutenant colonel called back from uh, reserve right now. So he's doing some active duty as lieutenant colonel. Always been a gentleman, always been a, a straightforward individual, just looking for to do the job correctly, to prosecute criminals. And he points out exactly what you've said. Sometimes they only take the slam dunks so that they can improve their batting average. But what it reduces, you know, maybe they go 10 for 10, but they left uh, 50 cases off to the side. So it reduces their felony uh, conviction rates um, overall. And he's been, he's, he dug out the numbers and proved this. Um, and what he was saying was he was campaigning for honesty and integrity in that office. And he's campaigning against the woman who holds that office and is willing to use it uh, to gain leverage over her op- opponents uh, in exchange for supposedly finally indicting. But then she, uh, she re- reneged on that deal as well. And you mentioned something before. Um, Chris did hold a raffle and I think it raised a few hundred dollars. It was, and you're absolutely correct. Within an hour or two of doing it, he learned it was a a mistake and a technical violation. He returned the money. Amira Fox has been far more interested in prosecuting her opponent on a a small misdemeanor case than she has had, uh, interest in charging and, and, um, and bring a murder to ju- right. murderer to justice. Yep. Well, that's exactly right. And it you know, she's more interested in that because she has something to gain from it. And uh you know, Chris did the right thing. There should have never been a prosecution. You know, if somebody does something not realizing that it's some kind of technicality and a violation of law and then when they're when they're notified of that, they do the right thing and do it without being prosecuted, without being arrested or any of this other I I don't see the problem. They it's Nobody can keep up with the amount of laws that are being written anyway, uh, especially in something like that. But there's some other evidence you have of what went on regarding this this man who who, sh- who shot and killed your son and your son. And this came by way of some text. And I'll just let people know some of the texts have some language in it. Okay, so if you're easily offended by that, I'm sorry. This is e- this is actual evidence in this case. Do you want to walk us through some of these texts that that uh, that you were involved with 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 this gentleman? Sure. Uh, and, and by the way, I want to mention one thing you mentioned. Sure. Uh, I would refer to something you mentioned. You talked about media coverage being a little bit weak down in Southwest Florida. And those, these are affiliates and they're small businesses. And they've been um, threatened. Basically, uh, Amira's predecessor, Steve Russell, mm-hmm. sued local media yep. outlets at least two times. Now, he used uh, the state attorney's office and budget to do that. But the small businesses that were on the other end of what could be argued were frivolous lawsuits, they had to pay their legal bills. And it's a, it's a large expense. And consequently, it had the chilling effect it was intended to. Local media are afraid to point out what's going on in the state attorney's office. Yep. So rather, when someone criticizes that office, whether it's Russell or Mira, when someone criticizes that office, instead of saying or thinking, maybe there's something that we've done wrong here, maybe there's a place to, uh, to improve, their position has been to sue and to squelch any, um, any scrutiny whatsoever. So it's tough for them 
local media down there to do that. They have done some coverage on this, but it's tough for them to do it for fear of being sued. They've also been told if you sue, if we sue you, uh, as well as suing you, we will also cut off an information feed and you won't be able to find out what's going on down here. So it's a double-edged threat, lawsuit and expenses and a um, elimination of access to information. Consequently, that really does um, suppress some of the press coverage, which is the intention. Um, your question again, I'm sorry, I lost track. Yeah, we, well, we were going on on the direction of some of the text. Uh, oh, I think sorry. it was between you and, and the guy who had who had killed your son. Correct. Uh, during the um, during the litigation period, um, he didn't like the fact that he had to pay his attorney. And at night, he would start start uh, you know, come home from work, presumably come home from work, uh, read his uh, see his legal bills, and then he would start email uh, texting me. They were offensive texts, um, things that um, talked about how bad a father I was, uh, how bad my son was. Um, uh, gosh, I'm going to, uh, you know, just uh, victory or death, uh, so threatening me. Uh, I teach as an adjunct professor nonverbal communication, and there are threats of, uh, I want to come and have some nonverbal communication with the professor, obviously veiled threats. Um, just an indication of who the man was. He's an angry man, troubled marriage. Uh, one of their issues was his wife had an affair. And consequently, when my son said something to her, um, he believed my son was either making a pass at her or she was interested in him or they had a relationship. And so the text, one of them goes to motive and said, um, he can't have my wife. He can't have my woman. And so when he went outside that night, the police have said this based on interviews and based on his actions. He said his only concern that night was protecting his wife. And the police said, well, then why did you leave the building? And he had no answer for that. But when he went out that night, he wasn't afraid because he'd been in the in, locked in his apartment safely behind a door with the police en route. And instead, he chose to go outside. He didn't go outside because he was afraid. He went outside because he was angry. And he sent me unsolicited texts on three different occasions. There obviously offensive and horrible. This isn't a man that's upset that, uh, that he killed someone unnecessarily. This is a man that thinks he was justified, is bragging about it, and feels the system won't touch him because he knows Amir Fox is playing, uh, playing politics. Yeah, and, and that's, that's the real problem today. And some people have commented in the chat, uh, and Ron DeSantis let all this just oversight. Yeah, Ron DeSantis, guys, is not what you think he is. I'm not going to get off on Ron DeSantis today because we're going to focus on what's going on there. But, yeah, he's let a lot of corruption go on there in the judicial system and all over. He's let a lot of that go on, even when documentation is put on his desk. And so has the uh, the attorney general. They've done that. They've seen, they see this stuff. It's not like they don't see it, but they play politics, too. And um, in the case here of Amira, it's not like they haven't been warned, Sandy. It's Amira is following in the footsteps of her predecessor. He's the guy who who trained her. She worked under him, Stephen Russell. And like you said, he they there was this threat towards the media outlets down there. But I I am firmly of the opinion that when the threats come in, that's when the media needs to speak all the more louder and point out all of the. Uh, criminality that is coming from the elected representatives and these state attorneys are elected 
and they've got to hold them accountable. As soon as they back down, all they do is embolden the tyranny that comes with that. And I've said it over and over. This is why the Sons of Liberty, look, you guys support us. We work for you, in essence. We really do. We work for, we give an account to the Lord. There's no question about that. But we work for you. We're here to give you the truth of what's going on. And that's the difference between the Sons of Liberty and, say, the, you know, affiliates down there in southwest Florida as far as their reporting. And you did have some <clears throat> that were giving some good reporting uh, on this. I think you, you showed up on the um, Dr. Gina Loudon show. Uh, and you told your story. Uh, of course, Correct. she's. I guess she she herself is sort of a mainstream person, uh, but she's not a, a media affiliate like a, a Fox or an NBC or an ABC or something down there. Uh, you've had a great story, I think, that I read that came out of Wink News. They seem to give the story fairly accurately as far as what was going on. And you've got some yeah, other ones Lauren, that did that Lauren as well. Sweeney has done a great job on coverage. Yeah, yeah. Do and, you Mike wanna... Braun, and Mike Braun with the Free Press has done his best as well. Okay, all right. Um, is there any other things that were going on here? What have you had before? Because what I see happen is in this email was you agreed, you said, okay, look, I'll do this because I want justice for my son. And I'll, I'll distance myself from my friend Chris here and in order, in order to get this justice because, frankly, I, I think the justice is more important. Uh, than any political office and all those things. But you did that. You sent it to her. What happened after that? Because she said, we're going to have the sheriff on this. He's going to make sure this happens. What's happened so far? Well, the sheriff's office has been great. Um, They've done a tremendous uh, job on investigating the case. They've been great advocates. Uh, They feel this is a murder case and should be charged. Uh, What happened very simply was Amira Fox got what she wanted and then reneged on the deal. Well, it looks to me like, <laughs> since she's reneged on the deal, that you're free to, that that deal isn't binding anymore, and you're free to go support Chris all you want, and I think if that's the case, um, you know, to use this message here to get somebody in there who will actually do the job and bring prosecution uh, and get justice for you. And again, you know, I know people say, well, you're going through all this. It isn't going to bring your son back. That's because those people haven't lost their son this way. That's what I think. They haven't been affected well, like this. And so justice not only brings punishment to the evildoer, Romans 13, but it also brings a closure there. You're not worried that this guy's going to be sending you these kinds of texts, making threats to you, coming after you in a similar manner that he came after your son or anybody else. He's going to be, I mean, for me, uh, the justice would be not a prison sale, it would be six feet under in a case like this. But he's not going to be coming after people committing the same crimes against them that he committed against your son. Well, you're right. Uh, and the uh, the person that said to you, this won't bring my son back, is absolutely correct. It will not. And I know that. There will never be a high five moment where everything's okay. I spent 35 years building a family. And in 14 months, I lost two out of three. I lost my wife suddenly in 15 and then the following year, I lost my son in this senseless crime. Um, so there's a special horror to losing a child. I think it's every, everybody's worst nightmare. And it's just as bad as you think it is. Um, so I can't bring him back. All I can do is look for justice. And it shouldn't have been this difficult. It's bad enough to lose a child. But then to watch a system and elected officials uh, avoid their responsibility for personal gain or personal agenda it's extremely disappointing. 
So I have fought for the last uh, five years to get justice for my son. At that point, yeah, there's going to be an element of closure and I can move on, but not until then. So in the meantime, and, and really all I do want is justice. I have very little interest in politics down in Southwest Florida, other than to the extent that it leads to justice. Um, we've, I've had a petition on the governor's desk for close to two years, and I can't get Governor DeSantis to respond to it yet. Um, I don't think he's pro-murder, but it's starting to look like that's a possibility. Um, he'll be aware of the, uh, now with your show and other coverage, he'll be aware of some of the um, inappropriate uh, third-party contact uh, from Amir's office. I don't think he's pro-corruption. So I'm optimistic that with additional evidence coming out, with the police affidavit saying it's clearly murder, with the uh, indication that the state attorney's focus is not on the job, but on her own election and, and personal prospects, I think uh, the governor could be persuaded now to start seeing this is a case that merits attention. Well, I hope so. I Look, I understand how the politicians work. They get in there. I think Governor DeSantis, when he got into office, you know, he was actually doing some things to deal with corruption. And then as time went on, I guess once they get settled in after a while, they just start letting things, you know, be laxed and they don't go after it with the same zeal. Uh, you know, if you if you actually have a good guy, they don't go after it with the same zeal after they've been in there a few months or something like that. They kind of get comfortable in that position, and then they start thinking, oh, I've got to get reelected. Um, I've got to present myself as this. A lot of times they'll start, you know, their pride will puff up, and they're like, I don't have time for that. I, I've got to deal with more important things. And um, and so I'm not going to sit here and say, what like what you were saying, he's pro-murder or pro-corruption. I think that the corruption comes I, in. I, I, I'm saying I, I don't yeah. think he is. Right, that's what I'm saying. So, which leads me to believe when he sees the facts, he'll have to take action. And that's why we put all the documentation. I mentioned the website. That's why we put all the documentation on there so it's available to everybody, including the governor and his office and staff. Yeah, and the and the main thing is the state attorney there. I mean, again, until the people are going to stand up and put the pressure on those that they elected to do their job, they're not going to do it because they're going to sit back and say, well, I can collect my check, I can keep my prestigious office without actually having to go through all of this. I don't have to prosecute these things unless there's enough pressure on me to do it. And sometimes I tell you, you got to put the pressure to your employees, and that's what they are, to make them do their job. Now, it's a shame you got to do that because in any other business, if you had to do that more than once or twice, that person would be fired. They would be gone. But until the, the people understand they are the government, they are the solution, they are the law, as we speak here on the Sons of Liberty, and press those representatives to do their duty before the people... They're not going to do it, and I think that's what you're trying to do here. You're trying to get out and say, look, yes, she's corrupt. Look what she wanted me to do for this. I just want justice, so I'm willing to do whatever I got to do to get justice here, but she should have been doing this without me having to do this. I think that's really what your message is here. Absolutely. Um, you've stated it well. You've summed it up very well. I'm looking for justice. I have the pain and horror of losing a child in a senseless crime. That'll never go away. But the idea that the system 
said, we're willing to overlook murder because it's more convenient for us to be doing something else or because I have a benefit in not doing that and uh, in neglecting the, the obligations of my office. office. Or using a grief father to, to, you know, hamstring political opposition as well. Uh, I mean, all of this is just, it's just disgusting. Um, and Sandy, we're coming up against the end of the show. We've got about two and a half minutes here. You've got a website that you put up. I wasn't able to pull it up just yet, but I'm going to try to do that while you read it off. You want to tell people about the, the website that you have uh, concerning what you're doing here? The website's very simple. It's entitled Justice for Ryan. You can, uh, the address on it is Justice for Ryan at Justice for Ryan Modell. If they just Google into a uh, search bar, Justice for Ryan Modell, uh, links pop up to it that way. So they can find it several ways. It's got all of the documentation that you, uh, that we've discussed this morning. It's got additional documentation as well, because over the last five years, there's a lot of material that's come up. It's, uh, it's all available online. I'm not saying, take my word for this. It's a crime. I'm saying, read the affidavits, read the depositions from the uh, killer taken under oath, read the police reports, and uh, read the Stand Your Ground law. I don't have an issue with Stand Your Ground. I have an issue with murder, and this is murder. And the police have been great about it. Uh, Sheriff Carmen Messino and his, uh, his uh, office have been sensational. They've done a great job here. The state attorney's office has been the problem. They can't explain why, and they can't defend their decision, and that's a problem. And if we've got a judicial system that can't explain itself, then it needs to go further up. I met with uh, Ron DeSantis uh, when he was a candidate, and what he told me, because I explained this to him, what he told me is when local government fails uh, to act, the governor has both the authority and the obligation to step in and, and for him to act. And that's all I'm asking him to do. I'm asking him to do what he said he would do um, in the event that local government's not working uh, properly. And I think we've presented enough evidence to make that very, very clear. Yeah, I think so, too. And uh, again, justice guards our liberty. Um, we point back to a just and holy God from where our laws come from. I mean, anybody who goes back in time and sees the state laws, they'll see they reference scripture for the law and for the punishment. And, uh, and that was in the initial states that, that started on the 13 states. And um, so we, we go back to the lawgiver. We try to follow what the lawgiver has given uh, to men. Men's laws are supposed to be based on his law. And that's all you're doing. You're saying, look, there's a murder that's been committed. No justice has been brought. And so, therefore, all it does is embolden criminals, whether they're in the political office or whether they're just a common man out there, and you want to see that stop. Sandy, I appreciate you taking time this morning. If you'll hang on, I'll say goodbye to you after we close out the stream here. Guys, don't forget, Bradley will be on at 3 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Central, SonsOfLibertyMedia.com. Tomorrow morning, Kate Shimarani will be with us, 8 a.m. Don't miss that. Till then, see ya.